Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a different kind of podcast where we have real, deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are certainly ahead of their time and worthy of yours. So listen as I take your favorite entrepreneurs off a pedestal and onto a bar stool right next to you. In life, it all comes down to building powerful, long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. You know, we all see that highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, but I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it all out. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So I'm Beth, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I help entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their business and gain exposure through collaboration and media so they can make their mark on the world. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life forward. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible on Behind the Spotlight. So who's your favorite cousin? My next guest might not be actually my cousin, but I felt like I was talking to my favorite cousin in the corner at the family party. You know what I mean? Introducing Kelly Carol Burgeon, the founder and amazing owner of Cake. Carol Accessories. I can't wait for you to listen to her story. Don't forget to subscribe and review after you do. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Why, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. I'm actually, I've known of your brand before I even knew of you because I'm a huge follower of Oprah's Favorite Things. So congratulations on that. I believe you were in twice. Yes. Can you believe that? We were 2016, actually found uh, by Adam Glassman at a New York gift show. And then because we had a great relationship with their team, they found another product by us in 2018. Well, you are, I was going to say lucky, but it's not about being lucky. It's about having a great product and a great story. So Kelly, tell us a little bit about your product and what you do. So we are women designing bags for women. Um, And I think that's really important because we use them, right? Every woman has their certain, my tote bag has to have a zipper or I really like a wide strap. So we're all very particular because really your handbag is extremely personal. Some like them large and they want to have everything but the kitchen sink with them and some need it to be extremely small and able to go with them anywhere. So I think uh, what makes us different is we are all women and we're all different ages and we're designing things that work for women. And you're a women-owned company. And I really like what you, I read, you know, I read up about you. And one of the things that you do say over and over again is that you talk about, you know, since women are designing it and making it and using it, you know what pockets they want. You know what things they want in it. I think which makes your product even more special because I'm a zipper girl. And it is not easy to find an outside zipper that that fits your phone, to be completely honest. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we'll start designing a product. And if I can't get my phone in and out easily, forget it. Because really, you ever get that that bag and you you try cramming your phone in? And we all know when that phone's ringing or you get the text, you just want to pull it out, check it and put it back. Um, so yes, absolutely. It's, it's women designing it, using it and making it work. And we, we try to keep that price point right around that 50 and under $60 and under we focus on a vegan leather. So it does make the product a little less expensive, but the 
quality is there. You can wipe bags with, uh, you know, a cloth and water and they really hold up. So the quality is there, but the price point is fabulous. So you don't have to just buy a black bag. You can buy the black and you can buy a blue and you can buy a red. <laughs> you obviously know me very well because I do love multiple <laughs> bags. You know, while you're talking, I'm thinking, I want to hear more about your relationship with the Oprah people. Like that, the, having relationship with people in the press and having relationships with your customers and having relationship with your vendors, it's got to be really what keeps your business going. It, it truly is. And it, it starts, I think, from my staff, right? I have women that have been with me for, for 10 plus years. And, you know, I've been in business almost 20 years, but I didn't have a staff when you're starting out. So you grow. So you get people that that understand how you work, that want to contribute, that have that loyalty and believe in what you're doing. So you start with your your team, but as you grow, you're right. It's about having the relationship with a manufacturer who understands like, okay, this is a panic and I need this tomorrow and what can you do for me? And here's our diagrams and can you pull this together? Um, so it is so much about relationships and and back to the Oprah team. Um, I can't speak highly enough about them. They truly are there supporting business. Um, there is nothing that they're really gaining from this. You know, when we were first chosen for Oprah's favorite things, I thought, okay, you know, they're going to want a thousand pieces to give them away, or they're going to want so much money for advertising in, in the magazine. But, but the reality is, I think they asked us for 20, <laughs> 20 bags <laughs> only to give them away in their sweepstakes in their magazine. So, um, they're out hunting down people that make a good product that you know all of us can enjoy so they can have anything priced on their list from ten dollars to a thousand dollars um you know we all have a different budget so yeah having that relationship and and building that rapport with them has been an amazing experience for me personally and for the business growth that's amazing. Good for you to keep up that relationship. And, and what have you seen as change in your business or what have you learned from having that relationship? Well, you know, what's I think one of the funniest things is we had been in business for probably 15 years before they found us. But when you get that stamp of approval and Oprah says you're one of my favorite things, it's like your business just was created yesterday. Um, <laughs> you, you're validated. You're validated as a true manufacturer, as a true designer. Um, you know, people recognize that name and respect that name. So, you know, it 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 branded us over again. Even even though we'd been around for 15 years and we had, you know, a great customer following, when you get that brand, you know, it, it ties you into new relationships. You know, Oprah is partnered with Amazon. Oprah does a lot of things with ABC and the Good Morning America staff. So it opens up new relationships also. Well, you're, you know, lucky to get yeah. noticed, but not lucky, you know, in the other sense, because my cookbook was actually up for Oprah's things. We didn't get in. But just being notified that we were even noticed was just a validation of our product of the cookbook and, and what we were doing. So I'm totally with you. Yep. You know what? If you've got that, yeah, they saw you, they will definitely look at your product again. And that is something that I give them credit for. They're not a, you know, they're not looking for a one hit wonder. 
you now are on their radar and they will probably reach out to you and say, okay, hey, what do you have this year? Because we really liked what you had, but maybe, you know, this person had X, Y, Z that we needed at the time, but you, you got your foot in the door. Yeah, totally. It's all, and it's all about timing. Um, and one of the things I think is interesting for you in your story is you, know, you were laid off. You started a business that was a boutique to you business fundraising, going to people's places, um, which you even stated in a lot of the articles maybe wasn't the best business model. <laughs> but then, you know, and you found this business model. Um, but I believe you had a partner for a really long time. I did. Uh, a friend of mine, we both worked for the same company. Kenna had always said we wanted to start a business on our own. So we did. We started the business in 2002. And in 2012, you know, as any small business, you ebb and flow and you recreate yourself. So we had kind of gone from that model of doing fundraisers with hospitals to getting into the wholesale business. And that was just something that wasn't working for both of us. And she, we kind of um, parted ways that I was going to move forward with wholesale and that whole fundraising side had kind of ended for us. So, um, very interesting. So I had 10 years, I had a partner, I had someone, you know, it's it's really like a marriage. I mean, you talk to that person every day, um, almost more than you do your spouse, and then to going it alone. So very big difference um, in having a partner and someone to bounce ideas off of and always having kind of that other side of the opinion to all of a sudden those responsibilities and all the decisions are yours. Um, but it's actually worked out wonderfully and I'm, I'm very grateful for the 10 years that we built the business um but i'm also it's pretty exciting to be able to make those decisions on your own um a little bit nerve-wracking but again i have some wonderful women that work on my staff that that we still bounce ideas off of and uh you know so yeah it has worked so yeah going it alone now it that, has worked very well that sounds it's worked, but I'm sure you've had those scary moments. Like, can you tell us maybe of a story that you had, you know, a break, not a breakdown, but a, a place that you were that you're like, I don't know if I can really do this by myself. This is a lot. Yeah. And there's a couple decisions that you think, ooh, would, would she have fought me on that? And we wouldn't have gone forward. We, we created, um, after we had parted ways, I wanted to do no toes socks. So I still love the idea. It just never really took off for us. And, and my thought was in a small business, right? We have to keep creating things and you have to, you don't know what is going to be amazing. So I invested in thousands and thousands of these socks without toes. You can wear them to yoga. You can get your pedicures done. In, you know, I'm in Michigan in older states and your feet don't freeze. Um, <laughs> I have a pair. Yes, for that reason. So one of those that was a little tricky because I went off the path, right? My path and what I'm good at is handbags and accessories. And I think that was a lesson learned and, and probably in hindsight, not one of my best solo decisions. But again, you learn from it. Um, and had I made that decision with a partner, I don't know if we would have gone forward with that. Um, but yeah, there's definitely times where you maybe misappropriate your funds, you know, into socks instead of wallets. Um, but overall, I think if you come out with socks and then you come out with RFID lined wallets, and then you come out with portable chargers, and then you hit a home run with the Harper crossbody with Oprah's favorite things. 
it's okay that you don't make 100% of the right decisions um, as long as you keep trying new things because you will hit the home run if you keep trying, right? (laughs) 100%. So I wonder where that comes from for you. Is where's the did you grow up with a dad who who supported you on making those kinds of risks? Because it was a risk. Like, where does that risk taker come from in you? You know what? I am the fifth child out of five. And I think as <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm the baby. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I'm I'm sending your mom so much mommy yeah. love right now. Wherever she is. Five children in Michigan. Five Whoa. In okay, Michigan. Keep going. Yeah. So I think being the baby of five, right, you have to be able to step up to be noticed, right? Real easy to kind of hide uh-huh. in the back of the room. Um, and I will say, I, I think we've always been kind of a gambling family. We would sit around and play poker. We would play blackjack. Um, and I think that just instills like putting yourself out there and yeah, take a gamble. And I think any entrepreneur has to have a little bit of that gambler in their heart and it's okay to to make a stretch right yes 100 percent, and i really appreciate that my family does that too we do a lot of rummy q and poke and a lot of cards with marshmallows and you know that kind of stuff but i appreciate that were you a risk taker as a young adult in college like high school or college or after school you know before your family can you look back and connect the dots to taking risks I think I'm I'm very comfortable stepping out of my comfort zone. You know, I am not a high risk, I want to climb Mount Everest kind of person. I'm definitely, you know, I remember my husband and I bought our first house and the woman next to us was retiring and she was planning on selling her house and it was kind of in the early 2000s where the housing market in Michigan was going crazy. and you know, we did not have money. And I said, let's buy Norma's house and we'll rent it out and we'll hold on to it for a couple years. And, you know, kind of things like that, that uh, a lot of people thought we were crazy. You know, why are you buying your neighbor's house? You have a perfectly good house. Um, So, you know, and that ended up really positioning us for our second house where we raised our kids because we did well. And it was just, um, you know, again, a little bit of luck and a little bit of risk going on the edge thinking you can rent out your neighbor's house and be the landlord. Yeah, it's amazing. Four years old. So so you definitely had the entrepreneur spirit in your blood from the beginning and not and not just being a risk taker. <laughs> Were you an entrepreneur growing up? Because I find that a lot of women who start their own business, like either when their kids are little or, you know, after their kids are left for college, they've done they've always done something along the way. It wasn't like they had a spark of an idea because I honestly my sister and I had a pocketbook line like a a baby line when our kids were little, but we didn't grow it into a 20 year company. Like, you know, what, what's that origin story for you? So we dabbled in real estate. Once we bought my neighbor's house, then we decided uh, we were going to my mom's in Florida and bringing four kids to my mom's was too much. So we decided we'd rent a condo down there, rent it out 11 months a year and then use it. Um, and then, you know, my sister was a photographer. So I ended up kind of doing a joint business with her where I ran the business side and the sales side and she was the photographer. So you can kind of see as I've I've developed, there's a lot of different things I always kind of wanted to have my hands in and little businesses that you think will will help and grow along the line along the way. And, um, you know, you find the one that sticks and the one that you make money and the one that you can employ people. So I guess that's how it <laughs> happened. It didn't end up in the, you know, a real estate mongol, but I did end up uh, with a fabulous handbag line. 
And you just dropped that you have four children. So it wasn't like you're too far from your mom either. I only have two. So anyone that has more than two to me is a rock star mommy. Just, yeah. just putting it out there for saying that. So if and someone listening, you know, like you in because of the pandemic has lost their business, sorry, lost their job or their business or what they're doing. Do you have any advice for somebody that wants to start something new? You know what? Hang in there. Really. I think um, the world will be a better place every day. Um, but absolutely, you've got to try it. If you don't try it, you would hate to to see where you're going to be in five years. So if you've got an idea, do research, don't invest a ton of money, try to, you know, someone gave me advice um, a long time ago, you know, if you don't get tied into contracts and rents and and things that you can't get out of, um, your business has a much better chance of getting to that profitability point. So I guess, you know, my advice would be absolutely. If you've got an idea, if you've got a design, if you've got a plan, try it. Just make sure your capital expenditures are, are pretty controllable and you're not tied into a five-year lease, you know, where you can't mm-hmm. ebb and flow and make changes to become profitable. Right. That's really good advice. Bootstrap it from the beginning, you know, call in every favor you've ever known. I talked to my, I, you know, I talked to my clients about that too, because when you're starting something new to invest in a coach like me or invest in, you know, somebody to do your social media or somebody to do your marketing or copywriting, whatever it is, it, you almost need to invest to to move yeah. forward to level up. But when you're starting, it's really about education and understanding yeah. the market, understanding what you're doing. What was your first product in the pocketbook line? Oh, well, we kind of created a spring line and a fall line. So what we tried to do and not just come out with one product is we tried to come out with basically four. So a small, a medium, a large, and a wallet. <laughs> so we could create kind of a color story Um, And in that, it's funny to see which one might take off. You know, it might end up being the crossbody that people liked because the tote bag you designed didn't have a zipper close. Um, Mm -hmm. So we always tried to kind of have a package just because we felt like one bag isn't going to be able to hit all of our customers. It was more of a story. Did you guys design the first line or did you might have contracted that out? We would design. So we'll design, we'll buy a bag, we cut it apart, we change the straps, and then we'll have it manufactured. And uh, so, yeah, kind of fun. I mean, we're, we're, we're not sewing the bags, um, but we do a lot with Photoshop. And in our early days, it'd be, you know, pencil and paper and, you know, trying to scan those documents. But I will say one thing um, that I was thinking when you said you really need to invest in your business it took me to the next level when I hired a graphic designer. Um, and I, I truly believe in this market, there's going to be so much done online and so much business that you've got to do online that you need good photographs and you need a good creative staff to show your product because you can have the absolute best idea, but if you can't market it and you can't tell people what that idea is, um, unfortunately, your product's not going to sell. So I think one of the biggest changes over the last 18 years is when I decided to bring someone in-house to help me do my, <laughs> what what I was doing in Photoshop, now they're doing in Publisher and Illustrator and, um, you know, fabulous change for my business is is putting that position on where I'd never had one before. You know, I took a Photoshop class through the 
the community schools and I thought <laughs> I was an expert and I could make these bags look great. Um, but that was something I really felt took my business forward. Right. So investing in your visuals, especially now because we are so visual and your website's beautiful. I was on it this morning. Look, I was actually looking at the Harper bag, which I think I need to order myself one because it is, especially now, I think it's going to be really useful. Absolutely. So uh, believe it or not, I'm not a huge bag person. I don't change my bag four times a week. Um, and that Harper crossbody, I have, I think about eight colors. So what I think makes that bag so great is really you can put everything you need in it and you don't overstuff that bag. So I slide my phone in and out very easily. I've got RFID protected card sleeves, so I don't have to carry a wallet, which tends to get real bulky. And let's be honest, we all overstuff our wallet. So if I've got those card sleeves, I put in some cash, I put in my ID, I put in a credit card and my phone and boom, I'm out the door. I run to the grocery store. Um, and being that we're women designing it, we also put a little belt loop on the back. So if you don't want it to be a crossbody strap and you just want it to hook on your belt, you can do that. It's got a clip. So again, if I want to use that as kind of my wallet, I can even hook that Harper bag inside my big tote and it doesn't fall to the bottom and get lost. So that bag may... we. I think we've made it in probably 50 different color combinations at this point. There's snakeskins and leopards and suede's and team colors for colleges. And it is a $20 price point. Who can't love that bag? No, and simple and easy. That's funny. When I looked at it, I was like, oh, I can probably just hook my keys on there too, so that I'm totally hands-free going to the grocery store. That's what that's what I thought of. Yep. Because for me, I, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe before COVID. So this is <laughs> this whole thing has been a little more than difficult, but to be able to carry everything easily, get my credit card out and, and not have to fuss around with everything. I thought it was really um, a really fabulous piece. And in addition to your, your, uh, to your line, what is your most popular piece right now? Oh, definitely the Harper crossbody. That bag is great for all ages. You know, one of our challenges is, um, well, I'll admit my daughters, those are my challenges for multiple reasons, <laughs> but they, that generation, um, my daughters put their phone in their back pocket and they go. So, um, hits all ages. My 20 year old carries that at Michigan state when she's tailgating and, you know, I will carry that to a concert and my mom at, you know, 85 years old will carry that to the grocery store. So that bag is a home run in, in the sense that it, it works for all of us women in all the different things we do. Well, that's fantastic. And it's nice to know that your daughters still tell you how great you are or how you don't know anything. So I'm all about that. Will that ever change, please? I keep hearing that when they get to 25, maybe they'll think we're smart again. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. My mom asked me that too. She's like, when do you get to think that I know everything? And I was like, oh, I don't know if you, if you ever will. I know that you're also working with the New Day Foundation, which is a Michigan-based charity, which, you know, for me does connect the dots from when you were doing that, fun, that fundraising. Can you tell us a little bit about that fun foundation and why it's important to you? Oh, I'm so excited. This is a brand new bag that we are launching. We are actually going to start shipping it December 1st for holiday. But, um, this bag is called the Gina bag, who is the founder of New Day Foundation. Fabulous story. Um, 
they are raising money for families that are suffering from cancer so that they don't have financial stresses during the emotional and the health scares that they're going through. Um, it was actually made into a Hallmark movie. It's called The Color of Rain. And uh, Gina lost her husband and also her husband now lost his wife at the same period of time in their lives oh, when wow. they had smaller children. Right, and they ended up connecting and combining their families, and they were, you know, so touched and supported by their family and their friends and their church that they wanted to create a foundation that helped people that maybe didn't have that kind of a, you know, community support, and they knew that going through those hard times were so difficult. So um, they are in the same city we are, and it's it is a fabulous story that someone can take such heartbreak and and turn it into helping others. So she is just a beautiful person. We have created this super fun bag. Um, it's going to be in four colors, and every bag we sell, we're giving 20% back to New Day Foundation. So each bag has a theme. There's a pink bag, and that's you know supporting love. There's a gray bag supporting um, hope, and there's hope, faith, charity, and love. That's really beautiful, Kelly. Thank you so much for sharing that and sharing your story. You know, I think that entrepreneurs are born, not made, and you were definitely born to be an entrepreneur. As we finish up, I have a few questions. First question is, if you were not in the bag industry, and I'd like to take you, I know you were in retail and a little bit of HR, take that out of the story. But like, if, what was your dream? If you could choose to do anything in the world, what would you be doing? Oh, I don't know, working for myself. <laughs> Um, but doing what? Yes. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think my dream really, I, I mean, it sounds really <laughs> kind of funny, but I absolutely love what I do. Um, I'm really proud. I mean, I have four kids, three girls, and I have been able to do this part time. I've been able to do this. You know, we started out, our office hours were nine to three. And reason being is I wanted to get my kids on the bus and I wanted to be there when my kids got off the bus. So the hours, the flexibility, I mean, it's not always fabulous. I mean, I am on my computer at 11 o'clock at night and there are a lot of days where I'm not 100% there because I am working a long day, but the flexibility has been amazing. The fact that um, I'm in the fashion industry and I'm creating accessories for women and, um, that's something I'm extremely proud of. So really, I mean, I, I don't know what else I'd rather be doing. And, and I, I hope that doesn't sound quirky, but... Um, no, not at all. This works for me. This is, you know, perfect that I've been able to grow it. I support my employees. Um, you know, my husband and I have a great partnership. He does his thing and, and I have this and and it's working. Well, Kelly, in the beginning, I said you're not lucky, but it sounds like you really, really are. You worked really hard for it, but you're lucky to have that for yourself. Okay, Kelly. So the last question, because I'm a cocktail cookbook author, I need to know what is your favorite cocktail? Ooh, the Greyhound. I am a love grapefruit juice and I, it's not too sweet for me. And yeah, I think a little bit of grapefruit juice. If you throw some fresh limes in there, it gives me a little bit of that tang. So yeah, I kind of think that might be my favorite. Well, I really, I was already all in on you, Kelly. And when you came out with the grapefruit, I'm 100% all in because that is my drink too. I would add a little bit of sage to that greyhound because that's my favorite part. And a little bit of lemon 
Um, but anyway, thank you so much, Kelly, for being here today. It's so nice to learn about your business. Everyone can go to your website, which will be in the notes, to not only buy the Harper bag, but also contribute and buy the Gina bag too for their holiday and all their families and friends. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining me this week on Behind the Spotlight. Make sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in the show, I'd love a rating on iTunes. Or simply tell a friend about it, and that would help me out too. But if you like the show and you want to check out more, look me up at BethNydick.com. Plus now I'm offering private 90-minute intensive strategy sessions. You might want to get in on that too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Behind the Spotlight.